Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. We want to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Healing Insight. Healing Insight is an acupuncture and holistic medicine clinic on Grand Avenue in St. Paul, Minnesota. Owner Senia May and her team of practitioners can help patients with everything from anxiety to pain relief to fertility and so much more. Now, I've personally been seeing Senia for several years, and I'm now part of her membership program, which means I have a standing monthly appointment. Each month, we decide together which areas of my health to focus on. Sometimes it's an energy boost. Sometimes it's more acute, like sinus issues. Other times we focus on boosting immunity. Several of my family members go to Healing Insight, and I really do credit Senya as being a huge part of how I'm able to balance work, family, and other projects, and overall, the most important part, maintain good health. Now, Senya can also help you work through many health issues over Skype or Zoom calls. And Senya was also our featured guest on one of our most listened to episodes episodes of Best to the Nest. It's episode 25, simply titled Anxiety. I really encourage you to download that episode if you haven't already and go to HealingInsightOnline.com. That's HealingInsightOnline.com to find out more about Senya and her team. I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Punnett. And this is Best to the Nest, the podcast that is all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Hi, Marjorie. Oh, good morning. Good morning. We're still here, Elizabeth. It's like Groundhog's Day. It's Groundhog's Day in COVID-19. This is where we're at. And the theme today is grateful and grieving. And I think it's interesting that we're putting both of these topics in the same conversation, and there's a specific reason why. So, gosh, I think it was two weeks ago. I don't know. All the days are blending together. I saw this <laughs> meme that said said 2020 has been a really interesting leap year. There were 29 days in February, 500 days in March, and like 15 years in April. <laughs> I love that. Well, you know, it's funny. My, my every morning we have a, the content team where I work has a, a Zoom meeting and every morning my boss starts with the day and the date. Right. <laughs> it's like, thank you. It's, it is thank Thursday. You. It is Friday, but it, what I actually it? need that. I know. I know. I need it too. So a couple of weeks ago, I reposted a photo that my sister had posted on her Instagram account. And the reason for this photo was because we were that day supposed to be leaving on a girl's trip to Florida. And Marjorie, this is like a miraculous thing that this trip was able to come together because... My sister Jenny is pregnant. My sister Katie is pregnant Mm. with her fourth. As I revealed last week, I am accidentally pregnant with my third, (laughs) which was an unexpected joy. And, and so 
my parents rent this condo in Florida outside of Tampa. They've been doing it for the last few years and they do usually like six weeks, sometimes two months. And my mom usually spends the whole time there Mm. and then my dad kind of comes in and leaves. So a few months ago, we were all talking about could we go to Florida? And I said, I don't want to bring kids and Jay doesn't really want to go. So, but I would totally go by myself. So we arranged that we were going to do this girl's trip with just my mom and my sisters. And we were going to spend a long weekend at this beautiful condo on the beach in Florida. And then my dad was actually going to come in for just a couple nights and we were going to do some OG five dinners, like just the five of us, the original five of us Reese's. And we were so excited about this trip. And it was just, you know how it works out like with schedules with all of us where everybody's busy, everyone has kids and families and all this stuff. And so for the original five of us to get to do this trip was... It was a miracle. I mean, it was honestly like nothing short of a miracle that the scheduling worked out with this. Okay. So fast forward to COVID-19 becoming a national health crisis. And we start realizing pretty quickly that it's not looking good for this trip. And my mom just kept holding out hope. And she was thinking like, maybe we could go. And then, I mean, at one point we were even thinking like, could we drive? When things, now you go, well, of course you couldn't do that. But at the time, it was was a few weeks before things were really locking down. And And I think we we were were all figuring it out. We were all soaking in the gravity of the situation. I mean, I look back four weeks and think my world is completely different now. Totally. Totally. And so on this day, my sister posted a photo of the last time that the four of us were on a beach together. And this photo, I think that photo was from Montauk in New York. So the tip of the Hamptons. Mm -hmm. And that trip was like 10 years prior. And we've done a couple of other trips since then, but she posted so wishing I was on a beach with these Mm. girls right now. Like today we're supposed to be on a beach together. And so I, the photo I love, it's just such a fun photo of all of us. And I reposted it and on my Instagram story and I just kind of willy nilly was captioning things as I do. And I, and I said um, something to the effect of grateful for so many big things and grieving so many little things. And you and I started talking about it and I really think that that is at the core what's going on for so many people right now, that you can find gratitude for a lot of big things that you have right now. If you have a roof over your head, if you're, number one, healthy, if you have a job, a job still, if you have a paycheck, even if you have unemployment, I mean, all of those things, if you don't have a job, but you at least still have money coming in, all of those things you can be so grateful for. And I think what's also true at the same time is we can be so, so sad about the things that we are missing in our lives. And yes, girls trip to Florida, a happy hour, a birthday dinner. Those are all things that you can hopefully do again. They come around, but it's still very sad. I just am missing so many of those things in life right now. Well, it's a, uh, so I have a sister thread where we, we text each other and my mom's on it as well. And I have three sisters. Yeah, the text chain. And my sister texted, my oldest sister texted that she, she had just done her nails for the first time since high school. <laughs> 
and she said they look horrible. And that's always been a real joy for her. She's beautiful yeah. now. She always has. And it's just a thing. I never do. I cut my nails as close as I can. I don't like the feel of it. But for her, that was what she has always loved. And they were always beautifully done. And she wrote that and said, but I know I shouldn't be complaining. And I wrote back as you get to complain about whatever you want. Totally. The things you miss, you miss. I miss, I mean, honestly, I miss sitting in a coffee shop with an almond croissant, just having a cup of coffee. I just yeah. miss that feeling. I like that Still feeling. even by yourself. Like, oh, yeah. I was always social being, distancing. <laughs> you miss being alone in a group of people. Yeah, I know. I, I miss that. I miss, so I think there's all those sorts of things. And yes, we have to acknowledge the big things. I mean, obviously... I know a couple of people, a couple of families who have already suffered through COVID-19. And it's... Yeah, we have. It's a... Yes, you have. It's a horrific, horrific virus. And so, of course, when you say, oh, I miss having my nails done, that seems wrong to say it. But I think the only way you can sort of balance yourself out, and, and you had said this to me, and I think it's very true, is if you acknowledge those little things that you're grieving. But let's start with what do we, do you want to start with what we're grieving or what we're grateful for? Well, I think we can start with the the positive, what we're grateful for. I mean, I really am. I am so grateful that we have jobs. Yeah. I just think, you know, and especially we've talked about this a lot in the last year and a half in my life, we went from living in a very, our little bungalow house, very far below our means <laughs> to buying a house and kind of taking a different step. Yeah in setting up what we want our future to look like, but also making some financial sacrifices because of that. And knowing that we were going to be not stretched to the point of uncomfortable, but definitely more stretched than we were, right? right? I mean, that's just the reality. We you went from a little bungalow you to a big a old tra- house and we did a kitchen remodel. Yeah. You made a tradition. I think you made a move that a lot of people in their late thirties, early forties make. Right. It's that sort of stabilizing, this is our forever home move. This is our forever home and this is what we're going to start to build is this. And and really making an investment in something that we thought really carefully about and something that we think will be worth more and is already worth more because of what we've done to it. So that's positive. But at the same time, I became acutely aware of there was a time, a long time with Jay and I, where we were very comfortable in the fact that if one of us lost our job, it wouldn't really matter financially because the other one would be able to handle it. Handle it. And that was a very good, secure feeling that I liked a lot. And now it's a little different where there would be some major pressure to make some major changes just because of kind of where we're at. And, and so that feels scarier. So I feel really grateful that Jay and I both work in industries while they are already being hit and we're seeing some tightening up at work and we're, we're learning about policies that some benefits and things like that are changing, hopefully temporarily, but I feel grateful for work. I, I, I mean, I feel so grateful for health because I just think, pregnant. My sisters are pregnant. I just, I know that it in, when I read all the research that it doesn't look like this virus hits pregnant people really harder than regular people. But at the same time, that's just like an added, oh my gosh. That's a huge Um, And I'm literally getting no prenatal care right now, Marjorie. (laughs) I mean- it's. I'm grateful for an uncomplicated pregnancy because oh my gosh, I never even. Thought I mean, about my that appo- my day. prenatal appointment. My I was supposed to have one. Oh my gosh. Two weeks ago, it was canceled, and I called and said, "Hello." So, what's the plan? And they said, "Well, we're not making appointments until April 27th." 
And I was like, okay, so that just means like nothing. Like I just have nothing. It's very strange to me. That's I'm, and I I'm just sort have of, nothing. I'm sort of quiet because I'm actually kind of shocked by that. I know. I know. So I'm grateful for an uncomplicated pregnancy yeah. where I can be in a situation where I don't have to go to the doctor and where you know and kind also of what... to be in my third pregnancy where I know. Right. Yeah, I'm, I mean I understand. To the job thing, I think that that's that's the part that I I am grateful for that as well, but acutely aware that both my husband and I are incredibly vulnerable. And I'm I'm glad that I'm a little bit older, but it still makes it scary. In the sense that he works for a university, I work for a university. Universities have a lot of question marks around them right now. Right. It's a very confusing time. I actually work in at a university in media. <laughs> so it's like it's sort of double interesting. But I'm I'm grateful and you sort of said this, I'm grateful for the work. And I often think about I often think about people who in the midst of this, because I know a lot of people in the restaurant industry, and so I know a lot of people who are out of work or who have closed down their businesses, and because I do food TV. So it's like everybody I know and sort of adore is just having a terrible time of it right now. And the the hardest part about that is not only have you lost your either business or your job, but you're now isolated. So you don't have the work to take your mind off it. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of that double. So I'm very grateful just fund- fundamentally for the work. I like working. And so I'm glad that I still have that sort of, I've got jobs I've got to get done. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful to be, I, we're all at my company working remotely. And so I'm working very remotely. I'm in Kansas with Ian and I'm very grateful for that. It is, he's got a lot on his plate. I've got a lot on my plate. And so there's just this really easy breezy sort of workflow to the house, which is nice. And just to be around him in an easy, in that sort of easy setting of good morning, good morning, you know, just let's get work done. Yeah. It makes. I'm grateful for that too, if that means anything. I was so happy when you said you were going. (laughs) I was just like, okay, great. Now I can breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And, And my boys were happy. They, it was quite distressing. It's funny because they're very even keel children. So distress might be too big of a word, but I could tell they were concerned that we were not together. Yeah. And so I, I like that, that, that that made them, that that put their minds at ease. So I, I'm, I just, I, my heart goes out to people who have lost their jobs and I'm hoping that the unemployment is coming through. I'm reading so many horror stories about how much trouble people are having, but I'm hoping that for most they're finding some sort of additional funding. I'm grateful in Minnesota too. That, I mean, we, it is coming through for people in Minnesota. And so that is amazing. And, and I know making a big difference for people. And then the other thing I'm grateful for Elizabeth is such an odd thing, but it is how I'm wired our, we have a, a stone walkway. I mentioned this last time in front of our house and the stone was cracking. It's been there for probably 15 years and it was just, it was separating out and cracking and it was bugging my husband and he's like, we need to replace the walkway, but there were still good stones in it. And so I just started repairing it, pulling up the good ones, taking out the bad ones. It's heavy, hard labor, but I do it at night for about an hour and a half to two hours a night. And for me, when I get anxious, I have to exercise. Yeah. Or I can't keep my, I can't really keep the anxiety at bay. I don't know if that I, I need the endorphin rush or what it is, but that hard work is evening me out. 
And so I'm actually grateful that there was something really hard that had to get done. <laughs> it's so weird. That's good. But it, it it's good though. That's it becomes a moving meditation is what it becomes. Yes. Beautifully said. And that's exactly it's what just, it feels like. Yeah, that's how I feel about gardening. Yep. That's how I feel about cooking. Like those things yep. just become moving meditations where it's you get to see a finished product yep. or at least a process and some progress. And then you also have to pay attention to what you're doing. Yep. And so there isn't the mind space to sort of wander and worry. It's just paying attention to what you're doing and just sort of methodically and rhythmically doing it. And that's exactly it. It's And for this, it, the stones are obviously all different sizes and shapes. And so I have to pull out, we have a big stone patio plus the stone walkway. So wherever the stones were broken on the patio, I'm pulling those out and then taking stones from the walkway to replace them. So it's like a big game of Tetris. Um, oh, that's fun. Yeah, it actually, it kind of is. And I am going to have such kick-ass arms at the end of this. <laughs> Seriously, they're going to be like Michelle Obama arms. They're going to be awesome. It's going to be a full out gun show. Oh, yeah. Those are good things to be grateful for. Okay. Grieving the loss of, I'm definitely grieving the loss of travel. I'm grieving the loss of celebrations big time. You know, we just had to cancel. One of my dearest friends in the world is getting married this summer and we had a bachelorette party planned, a weekend planned for her in May. And we just pulled the plug on that. So that's canceled. We just had to postpone my sister who Jenny is the most thoughtful person I know. Mm. And she throws incredible parties and celebrations for people. She is just gifted. She's having her first baby this summer. And so we have been planning a baby shower for her with like 25 people, people flying in from out of town, her friends, a whole weekend of fun. I mean, it was going to be fabulous. And we had to postpone that without really even being sure if we're going to get to do it before the baby is born. And that those types of celebrations, I'm just really sad about. I miss just having a babysitter so that I can go to dinner with Jay and go meet some friends for a mocktail these days, you know, but like, (laughs) I just, I miss that. I, I miss being able to just go wander through some of my favorite boutiques, like just take an hour on the weekend and just go and shop for a little bit and chat with people that, that own these businesses that I love. And it's the, I miss like hair appointments. I miss having guests in our studio. Yeah. I miss giving hugs to people. Yeah. I miss my parents. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen them. It's just a lot of things that I'm like, I'm just missing the little daily things in life that I love and that make up my life. Well, it makes you, this whole crisis, I think, makes us acutely aware of the connections that we take for granted. And and that's not a negative. They're just a part of yeah. the daily fabric of our life that we're just all severed at once. And I think that that's... I, I was watching um, Kelly Ripa actually on Instagram. They sent out a little story and it just had written across it, virtual hug. And so Kelly Ripa and Ryan Seacrest are doing live with Kelly and Ryan remotely. So they're both in mm-hmm. their homes. And it's been interesting to watch them sort of scale the technology that that requires to do well enough. But on the Instagram story they sent out, it just said virtual hug across the a little screen across my iPhone. And she started talking and she said, and I, I think she's very talented and she's a pro. So when you tune into live with Kelly and Ryan, you're going to get an upbeat performer. So it was interesting that she was expressing a real moment of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And she said to Ryan, I am 
currently not speaking to two of my three children. And she was sort of making it kind of funny. And he sort of said, why? And she said, I'm just not talking to them. And then she said, I miss my parents. I miss hugging my parents. And she said, I haven't been able to do that. And she started to cry. And yeah. she was she was sad because, or I guess mad at her kids because they wouldn't hug her. And she's like, <laughs> we're in isolation together. We've been in isolation together. I can't give you COVID. I can't give it to you. We're all in this together. And she started crying. And then she sort of apologized for that and said, you know, I must be getting my period. And then she sort of moved oh, on. She's funny. But it was... It was such, it was so much spoke to what we're talking about is it's just that little thing. She's close to her parents. She likes to her parents. She can't. And then at the well, same time. And she's in her late forties. And so her parents aren't going to live forever. Yeah. I mean, that's the other thing. I think we're becoming acutely aware while we're in this like Groundhog's Day situation where every day seems the same. We're also acutely aware of time passing that we are not able to use the way that we want to use. And we all understand that we have a limited amount of time right. and we have a limited amount of time with the people we love. And never does that become more clear than when you're facing a global health crisis and you just see numbers of illnesses and death going up and up and up. And then you're just sort of playing this waiting game and here. And then it's it's hard. It's really hard. Well, if you think about her parents are probably have to be in their late 70s or early 80s. Right. And I know of somebody who had both of her parents were sick and her mother-in-law was sick all at the same time. Yeah. And so you just, it's a very, it, it, is, it is very scary to think how much can get lost for a family. But I thought she was just, she was being so sweet and vulnerable and it was so sad because I could just picture, I have sons, I could just picture as a mom, you're like, just hug me. Nope, 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 <laughs> not going to do it. Which, which It's true. And that's part of, I mean, I think that's so much of the grief of even just the the shift in motherhood, which is there is a time, like I'm in that time when my kids want to hug me all the time. We just had, we're having a tree removed outside today. Right. Interestingly enough, it's kind of a fascinating timing, but listen, outdoor workers are working very hard and I'm appreciative and it's great. And, and so they love the business. They love it. So they're trimming our trees and like making sure that they're all in health, good health and then taking out one that's dead. And, and we were standing by the back door all watching the tree being taken out and we did a family hug, family hug. And <laughs> they are so happy. Like if Jay and I hug each other, the kids immediately want in on the hug. Right. So they're like family hug, family oh. hug. And they smile and they burrow in. And I know that that time that that doesn't last forever, that yeah. they aren't going to be family hug forever. And so you might be surprised. I, yeah. You might I hope be surprised. So. They are loving little bugs. Yeah. So I hope and, that they, and I think it, Honestly, that goes back to, and this is off topic a little bit, but that goes back to a podcast that we had many months ago about communication. I, I am a firm believer, and I'm not saying this on behalf of Kelly Ripa. What, what her family is, is her family. But I think general, and these are extraordinary circumstances, but I think in general, kids stop hugging when the communication isn't clear mm -hmm. and they're resentful. And I, I really believe that. So that idea of kids not wanting to be hugged anymore or that going away I really don't think it has to. And, you know, for the most part in our family, what my sons draw the line on, and they're 28 and 26, is multiple hugs. So <laughs> if we're at the airport 
and they give me a hug goodbye and then I want another like one. It. They're like, mom, yeah. get over it. <laughs> yeah. You had the moment and now it's done. <laughs> now you're being dramatic. We're not going to go to the dramatic. Just you get a hug. So I think there's always <laughs> there's always hope for hugs for the rest of your life. They do change in tone in the sense that there's something so sweet about a three-year-old's hug, which is... Oh my gosh. It's their whole body yeah. <laughs> and it's just clutching you until they nearly choke the life out of you. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. And Frankie is all about the kisses, but he first will lick my face and then I have to say, Okay, buddy boy, I thank you, but can you give me kisses, not licks? Okay, mama. And then he says, I kiss you on the forehead, I kiss you on the cheek, I kiss you on the other cheek. And then he moves my face around to kiss me, and then he usually sneaks in at least one to two licks after I've said, please stop with the licking. You must you must record that for posterity. The licking, the licking. is just... Oh my gosh. It oh, is very, fantastic. very good. Well, but, you know, I was thinking too about this idea of gratitude and, um, and grief. And I was thinking about what happens to us if we don't allow the two to coexist. And I think the balance of those two things, particularly right now, is very important. And you know how I get when there's too much focus on you need to be obsessively grateful. Oh, you get cranky. You know, Marjorie, that's, that really pushes my buttons. <laughs> you get cranky. Like just, you know how you can solve this? Just be more grateful. You know what you should be doing if you're feeling down? Just keep making lists of all the things you're grateful for. It makes me nuts. So I think the balance is important that if you are I really do believe that at this point, it's okay and important to be grieving those things and to be grieving what you wanted your life to look like at this point and what you had planned and all of those little moments and giving yourself grace to say, it's okay that I'm sad that I don't get to go get my nails done, that that was a respite for me. And that was something that felt like it was important to me. And it made me feel like I was caring for myself. And I liked the connection that I had with the salon that every time I went in there, they all said hello. And I knew them and I got to go in there and give them business. Those, I mean, sounds silly to say it's just nails, but when you, it's never just nails. Nope. When you really get to the core of what it is, it's connection. It's how you're treating yourself. It's how you're spending your time. I mean, those things are big that go beyond nails. And I just think if we're, if we minimize the grief part, we're not really feeling the experience and we're not allowing ourselves to fully experience this and then be able to learn the lessons that we need to learn to move forward. And I think, I mean, in a, and I think you're right. And I think the hope of out of all of this is I would hate if everything goes back to the way it was. No. Yeah. Because I think we can grow out of this. And I think that idea of connection, if people sat down and they looked at the small things that they're grieving, I think most of them would go back to connection. Like you said, getting mm-hmm. your nails done isn't necessarily just about getting your nails done. There's so much more that goes into that. And what would be really wonderful out of this is if on a day-to-day basis, we really looked at the importance of connection and maybe tried to bring more of it into our lives in a way that we would find sustaining if this ever happened again. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that means joining a community group or what, what that actually means. I don't know what it means for me. I was talking to my younger son about this and I said, because I, I worry about their mental health. 
I worry For about sure. what this. I worry about everyone's mental yeah. health. I worry about that way more than I'm worried about the virus, Marjorie. Oh, it's and I'm not saying that it's that that's correct in terms of statistically speaking, but that's what I'm much more worried about the emotional and mental well being of the people that I know and love and myself yep. than a virus hitting. And that's and that's been a real conversation with them. I talk to them every day. And for my younger son, he's in a pretty good place. He's been with my mom and they're actually taking care of each other quite beautifully. But I said, are are you okay? He's like, you know, this isn't that different for me. He's an introvert. So most of the things he loves to do, he still has at his fingertips. My older son is an extrovert. (laughs) And he finally had to say to me, he goes, you've got to stop asking me how I'm doing. Yeah. I he said I am isolating. He said I'm seeing lots of people who who aren't and that's okay. That's not I'm not but he said I'm really focused and I I was so proud of him this morning because I'm really focused on doing my civic duty. And my <laughs> civic duty is to isolate. But this is this is the kid that from the time he was like in 5th grade was organizing touch football games every Sunday. Loved swimming I think a lot Mostly because, well, for many reasons, but part of it was that swimmers tend to be very social because they spend a lot of time on deck not swimming. The team. They're all talking to each other. (laughs) So he's incredibly social. But when when I think about coming out of this and the balance is that idea of connection and how how do we make that more real going forward? I don't know. But I think that idea comes down to one question which is the question, how are you? Mm. And I am convinced that for the first time in my life, I am getting real answers from people when I say, how are you? Oh. And I think that's kind of incredible. (sighs) How are you was such a throwaway. And I do some speaking and I talk on this subject of boundaries leading to balance. Right. And part of that conversation, there's a part of that where I focus on the answer to the question, how are you, should not be busy. When people say, how are you? And you go, like if I said, Marjorie, how are you? You go, oh, good, really busy, good, I, everything's busy, this is running around, blah, 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 blah. Totally giving that busy, answer busy. a million times right? in my life. Oh my gosh, so yeah. have I. I mean, yeah. I've done it too. I'm not, this is the pot nope. calling the kettle black here. It is 100% in, it's an easy human default because right. number one, we feel like saying that we're busy and that we're productive means that we are living a life that we should be living right. and that's what we should be sharing with people. And and then frankly, it just seems too hard to get into if you really asked how are you and you really started to say how are you, what would that be like for the person who asked the question? Yeah. Now, when I ask people how are you, I am getting real answers even in the hall at work six feet away from people. People say, we're hanging in there. This part, this is really hard for me. This part's been really hard for me. My kids, I lost it on my kids last night, but I'm happy that I get to come to this job. I mean, those are the, that's what I'm hearing from people I is really, that. how are you? Yeah. And you're getting a real answer. And if there's anything that can come out of this and in terms of the connection, the real, the real connection in the little moments is something that we've been so busy and running at such a pace that's unsustainable that we haven't even had the time to properly answer that question when we're asked it. And now I think that that has changed. Because you can't avoid 
answering it honestly. What are you going to do? Say, great, everything's great. (laughs) Then you seem like you're not confronting reality. Do you live under a rock? Are things good under the rock? How are are things under the rock? Yeah, to just go, great, my life's great, (laughs) seems really insensitive right now. I know. I know. I know. So there you have it. Grief and gratitude, and you should be experiencing both. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and give us a review at Apple Podcasts. Rhonda wrote, I love listening each week. You two bring joy, wisdom, and honesty to every episode. During these uncertain times, you two bring calm and a sense of normalcy. Well, gosh, I hope so. Oh, thank you, Rhonda. That's so sweet. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best to the Nest or go to besttothenest.com to subscribe to our newsletter. We are the podcast that brings you home. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the Sleep Number Bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my Sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.